When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, Match Rule Edition. I'm your host, Honky. Mac, how you doing, buddy? B-I-C-T-O-R-Y, that's the Husker battle cry, my man. We got a dub. I don't care. Don't tell me about the I don't I don't care about the opponent. Don't talk to me about opponents. We put a victory in the opening game of the season in Memorial Stadium in front of the crowd. Game something to cheer for. That's not nothing to me. Yeah. Hey, we'd be hearing about it if we didn't win, right? We've lost to this team in the past. So yeah, we're gonna take that. Uh, every win we can get. There is no win that we are too good for. No, <laughs> at the University of Nebraska after the uh, the last few years here. So, uh, yeah, match rule. Uh, this is kind of the we just get together. We've got I don't know these these aren't as long. They tend not to be as long as a, a full red cast. Uh, we'd love to get some interaction. We've got the people already that are that are following along. You know, tell us what you're thinking. Leave some comments here, and we'd like to get you guys involved with it. So, kind of join the conversation. But I, I think just to get it started here, we called this uh, this show Youth Movement. Yes, and it just has to deal with. The amount of players that are playing, my goodness, in general, uh, you can almost go across the board. Every position seems like there's somebody that's getting out there that's a, a second or first year player. But um, what we want to do is focus to begin with here on the on the running back spot yes. and the running back spot specifically because of the news that came out today. Uh, terrible news, <laughs> not news that we were planning for whatsoever. No, uh, we knew that Ramir was injured and didn't play in the second half, but figured that you know he was, was bumped. You know, had a few bumps and bruises. That was it. Well, he's out for the season. And then they <laughs> dropped the bomb that, uh, that Gabe Irvin was out for the season as well with a dislocated hip. So both are requiring surgery. Obviously, that's a that's not a good thing. So, Mac, uh, let's just go over that right now. What are your thoughts there? Well, I'm incredibly disappointed for both of those guys. Uh, Ramir, because he's a senior and it feels like we're, the program's kind of pointing in a direction that would, that you know, he's really earned you know, some time on a good team. And then for Gabe, it's just another season-ending injury for that guy, and he was having such a good year. I mean, maybe the stats hadn't popped just yet, but he was trending in the right direction. And I'm just – I'm terribly disappointed for both of them, you know. Uh, from the fo- from the football side of things, it also doesn't help, you know, <laughs> to have mm-hmm. number one and number two running back go down in the same game. Um you know, it's it's next man up. You know, I guess we'll see how that goes. Well, that's part of the youth movement piece here. Uh, next man up isn't part of the youth. That's uh, Anthony Grant. He was a starter for us last year. He took mm-hmm. 70% of the carries from the running backs last year. So we have the still have the potential of having kind of the bell cow guy there. The guy oh, yeah. that ran for almost 1,000 yards a, a year ago and, and has proved to be very durable. So uh, you know, we're not ready to jump off the cliff. I think as a Scurs fan, 23 uh, said there, we're not jumping off the cliff, not but, yet. Uh, but we do need depth. And the youth movement mm-hmm. comes behind that be, uh, yep. with the depth there. <clears throat> Emmett Johnson, uh, Quentin Ives, yeah. uh, 
you know, also Lumen there, the uh, the uh, walk on who got a uh, play, got a carry at the very end of the game there. Oh, nice. uh, we need some guys to to be able to step up there. And uh, let me make sure I got his name there. Lubin. Yeah, Trevin Lubin. He had the carry for 18 yards on the last play of the game. So, you know, we're going to need some guys to step up in that room, in that running back room. Uh, but I guess from a, I guess an excitement standpoint, are you excited to see the young guys get that chance? Emmett Johnson, we got, we got to see him a little bit on the kickoff return, you know, so far this season. I mean, it, He's got to be ready to go. That's a coach rule immediately said to those guys. If you're not ready, you yeah. got to be now. Well, you know, as far as like off the bus kind of guy, he looks good. He, he's mm -hmm. a he's a big, strong looking running back. Um, I love that, you know, us being a developmental program has allowed Emmett, I'm specific, specifically talking about Emmett Johnson, to be on kick returns. So he's had some, some live game reps uh, full speed. So that's also good. Um, the way Rule talked about him, he sounds like a three-tool player. He's good in the passing game. He's good uh, blocking, and he's good running the ball. So it's a matter of uh, – it's a matter of – a lot of this team, it seems like it's a matter of the coaches calling the best plays for their guys. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's not just, hey, we can play anything with these particular – like we can call whatever we want to regardless of who's on the field. That doesn't seem to be the case, and that's okay. And that's totally okay, but they really need to have that dialed in for this for this next week. Uh, more importantly, because the next week after that's Michigan, so like we gotta you know hammer out the the game plan pretty well for these guys and really get a test and see uh, what what running back's gonna do what. Yeah, well, look at the running uh, position right now, or at least the rushing yards where they've come from. Uh, on this list, Gabe Irvin Jr. He had the most carries so far, thirty eight for two hundred four. He's out for the season. Uh, Jeff Sims, <laughs> number two, Jeff Sims, 29 carries, 207 yards. He had 49 losses. Of course, he was getting sacked there. Uh, but yeah. Sims, he was out last week with injury. Now, we don't know if he's going to be back yet this next week or not. We'll find that out. Uh, Heinrich Harburg is number three on the list for yards with 23 carries for 130 yards there. So now that's a quarterback. Talk about the youth movement. He came in there and, and, and had a good game there running the football. And then there's Anthony Grant, fourth on the list. A uh, 16 attempt, 74 yards. Ramir Johnson out for the season now. Mm -hmm. He had 12, 78 yards. And then four guys that have had one carry each. Trevin Lubin, Jalen Lloyd, Tommy Hill, and, and Luke Lindemeyer. And Luke Lindemeyer, uh, that's not really a carry. He landed on the ball that hit him when he was <laughs> – hit him on the snap when yeah. he <laughs> motion. So that doesn't quite count. But um, so really from a, a running standpoint here uh, – you know, it's it's got to be a little bit of a, a movement across different positions. It's not just going to be running backs. We need to find ways, I think, to get fullbacks into it. But the quarterbacks are going to continue to get their carries. But Sims needs to get healthy. And it kind of leads us to the next discussion point here, and that's the QB controversy. And we're saying QB controversy. I don't know if there is one or not. Uh, Harburg clearly looked the part last week, albeit at home against Northern Illinois, not on the road against – uh, a P5 team like Jeff Sims has gone against, but but I think the fact is we're going to need both of those guys. We're going to need them on the field somehow. I think Jeff Sims, his role becomes that much more important, if nothing else, as an athlete. Well, one hundred percent. And here's the here's the deal. As as you were running down those rushing stats, I mean, Gabe had thirty eight carries. That's actually not that many Go, going mm -hmm. into Game Four. That's not a humongous amount of of even carries that we're trying to replace. So um, 
this stresses the importance of not only getting Sims healthy and ready to go, but having a backup quarterback ready to go as well, because you can see that the the quarterbacks are going to be the lead ball carriers on this team for the foreseeable future. Now I actually, I could, let me, let me put a bullet on it. If Anthony Grant comes in and plays like we think Anthony Grant can play, um, he could take significant snaps away from the quarterback, but I got to tell you, I liked how both, I like how both quarterbacks run their zone read. They both do a really good job of holding the mesh a long time and really sucking those defenders up to run up underneath them. And it's it's been very effective a few different times. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I 100% agree, dude. If if uh, if we're going to continue to run the kind of offense we're going to want to run, it almost makes me wonder: Do you even play Sims this week just to make sure he's 100% healthy going into the stretch in the Big Ten because because of our running back situation? Well, and you line him up as a or yeah, this weekend is he your third emergency quarterback right. again like he was last right. week. Right. Number one, just to be healthy. But to be very clear, and this gets to that quarterback controversy standpoint of it, is that to me there is no controversy. Um we're gonna need both, one way or the other. And I made that statement on, on Twitter and we got a lot of responses of like, oh come on, you know, somehow people took that as I want Sims to start over Harburg. I'm like, no, we just we're gonna need both. The, the amount of carries that these guys are getting, also the athletes that they are. To your point, both of them, they bring the same skill set. They are big dudes uh-huh. that can run the ball well, and we've already seen both of them at different times basically carry 20 carries a game. Yep. So when you think about our, our running position getting, being hurt, the running back position being hurt with with Irvin and, uh, and Ramir now being out for the season – some of those runs are going to have to be taken up by these guys, by yeah. these quarterbacks, which we've already said, hey, we got to be careful how many right. carries these guys are getting. Well, they're no, we don't rule. Yeah, rule <laughs> made that statement. Rule made the statement this week, and he goes, you know, our quarterbacks are going to be part of the running game, at least for this foreseeable future for this season. I don't know that that's what he's wanting to do next year and two years from now, but this year, those quarterbacks are going to have to be a part of the run game. And so both of those guys better get ready for it. And so if you're asking me my my Personal opinion, yeah, I think you start Harburg this this uh, this week, regardless of Sims' health. But Sims needs to be healthy because I think we we're going to need him out there. He's going to be a guy that can carry the ball at times, whether it's as a running back. And I know that sounds crazy, but how did Harburg get his start this this year? He was a wide receiver. He caught yeah. a pass against Minnesota. Why would we think this coaching staff would be any different with Sims? Would they not line him up as a receiver? Would they not line Sims up in the backfield as a running back? Would could we have two quarterbacks in the backfield at the same time? I don't know. Get creative. I mean, injuries can create that. Yeah, 100% he can. And, you know, just to kind of drill down on this quarterback controversy thing, I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth here a little bit. Because as the game went on last Saturday, I thought to myself, okay, the defense is playing kind of like how the defense has been playing. You know, they're hitting, tackling well, really physical. They look like they know what they're doing. The special teams – uh, played a little bit better than last week. I wouldn't, you know, a couple good punts, but they nothing exceptional, nothing like blew the doors off, no long field goals, no long punt returns or kick returns, anything like that. The offense, the running backs pretty much ran the same. Um, the tight ends kind of caught the ball the same. I guess what I'm trying to say is the only difference I saw was at the quarterback position. So this is this is me, this is me drilling down on Harburg a little bit. <clears throat> First off, let me say this. He didn't set the world on fire with that performance. His numbers aren't gaudy by any stretch. You know, he probably should have had 100 yards on that many carries. He probably should have had a few more passing yards on that many attempts and more completions. 
first to admit it, it's his first start. No big deal. But the, my point is this. Just not turning the ball over allowed us to have the game that we had. And yep. and him he looked so comfortable in the pocket to me. In, in the passing game, not, not just the throwing, but the passing game. When he would drop back in the pocket for a for first start, I thought he felt pressure very well and did a good job of escaping and, and trying to get some yards. He didn't he had one really bad throw into coverage, but only one. And yeah. everything else yeah, that could have been intercepted. Yeah, for sure it could have been. But we've had a couple of those too. So, but you yep. know, like he would roll out, he threw the ball away a couple of times. He got what he could. He didn't hurt the team. He never hurt the team. And and you can see how much better a chance we have of winning a football game if we're just not hurting ourselves. That's kind of what this game was. The don't hurt me kind yep. of game. Well, it was, that's the, that's the thing. We could have fumbled three or four times. We, he could have fumbled snaps the same way we did against Colorado, and that game looks very different. Like, all of a sudden, it's not a thirty-five to three, you know, lead going into the the final couple minutes. If we fumbled three or four times, so holding on to the ball, just simply doing that, to yeah. your point, it's a huge deal there. Now, Dion prior here, he says, mate, or he said, uh, "Oh, we all know that Sims is is starting Saturday." I'm not sure about that. Now, Big Red Junkies, they ask a good question here. Do you think Sims is getting into the Louisiana Tech game? might be the confidence builder and test he needs. So it, the opposite approach, as opposed to saying, let's sit him out, let's get him healthy for Michigan, is this guy, he's not exactly you know up in the head right now. He, he's probably not feeling the most yeah. confident after those first two weeks. Maybe he needs some snaps against a Louisiana Tech and, <laughs> and some confidence the same way that uh, Heinberg or Harburg got that against uh, Northern Illinois. Right. I, I have no doubt about that. I, I think there's a really good case to be made for that. Um, and I hope that is something they do. I guess I, it's hard to say when you don't know his true health status. So mm -hmm. um, I think for me, number one is his, he needs to be 100% healthy, 100% healthy. Well, you know, 100% for the, for the you know fourth game of the year healthy. You know, no one's sure. 100% once the season starts. Yep. So, yeah, I have no, I, I like the idea of getting him in there, getting him some confidence. I don't even necessarily care if they start him because yep. you and I that, talked about it, Matt. That's exactly right. He's what, what upset me before after the Colorado in, in the Minnesota game was it doesn't really matter how the line is. It doesn't really matter how the, the running backs are running. It doesn't even matter how the receivers are getting separation. If we can't trust our quarterback with the ball. It just doesn't matter. And at that time, I had no idea what to think of Harburg. No idea. Mm -hmm. And so after seeing him get in there and protect the ball, by the way, his fumble, the most reasonable fumble of the year. <laughs> okay? That's that's one. And I would give him that. The pocket collapsed on him. It was a quick rush. We didn't – I don't – I didn't, it wasn't blocked very well, but I'm not blaming the lineman. It wasn't schemed very well to block. And and it, and it shit happened. And, th and that's fine, dude. Like, that's, that's reasonable. But – but he didn't let it rattle him. Like I watched his eyes during the game. They never got big. He, mm -hmm. and he was far more accurate passing than I thought he was going to be far more. Um, yep. I don't love his sidearm delivery, but so does Sims. So it's like, that's not a win either way. Um, but <clears throat> it's also reasonable to say, yes, he was playing at home. Yes. He was playing and not a power five team and not a hype environment for the other team. Like that's totally fair. Yep. Um, but the, my, my, Greater joy comes from the fact is, look, we have this should be the basement of of quarterback play. Like I, it wasn't, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't exceptional. It was, it was really lunch. What do they call those? Lunch pail kind of guy. Like it was a very workmanlike effort of operating the offense. 
which right now in this in this team's evolution, that's all I want. I I I mean I yes, I would love for him to blow up and be the next coming of um I was gonna say Johnny Manziel. That was such a poor <laughs> such a poor comparison. Oh oh Shadur Sanders, you know. Yeah, um, right there. There you go. He's the next but, shooter, yeah. But um but he may or may not be. I don't care. This year, what I want us to see is what it looks like when we don't kill ourselves and and we play a game for four quarters. And I think I, I think most fans would feel that way with me. We just don't want to see us doing the stupidest shit every other series to kill us. And Harburg now, I know we're blowing it up. It's one performance, but hell, we only had two from Sims. And actually his career before that. So sure. it's like I have a hard it's it's hard for me with Sims because of his career. But and but going back to this, I said I was gonna drill down and talk out of both sides of my face. Sims is a more gifted runner. He's definitely faster. I think he provides more on the zone read as far as when he gets loose. Um he might have a better arm. He might it's it's hard to say. Um so uh what I would like to see ideally is Sims just to play a hell of a lot better and get a hell of a lot better. And we have Harburg in the wings because we're going to need them both. Yeah. Actually, I don't care which but, way that goes. Yeah. I, I'm like I said, right now, based off of pure performance, I, I, I'd start Harburg this week, regardless of health. Right. But John Fields here, he goes, I, I feel the game is a little too fast for Sims at this point. Don't disagree. I think that's where the mistakes come from. It's got to slow down for him. That's it, for any chance for him to get out there on the field and play quarterback in meaningful minutes. The game has to slow down. He cannot make the mistakes that he makes. But as an athlete, and this is where we're talking about with injuries to the running back, we're going to need playmakers out there on the field. And whether, you know, you can only play one quarterback. So let's say Harburg completely takes over that position and, and doesn't let it go, which it, it's a possibility that he goes out here and has a, a, a poor second game, by the way, folks. I mean, now, now there's tape of him out there for the next team to go and prepare for too. So Harburg, there's a lot of work he has to do. I mean, he, let's not yeah. crown him. Let's not no. crown the Heisman yet. You know that that uh, Colorado has four guys ahead of him for the Heisman. So you know, let's not quite give him that yet. But I love what Harburg did. I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to need Sims, his athleticism in some way. Uh, Patrick McGuire here, you know him, Mac. He hey. said Harburg long pass. Uh, Harburg's long pass needs a little work. No question. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what. He threw a nice deep bomb there in the game, and it was right in front of us. And it hit, uh, I think it was Tommy Hill was the guy that was going for the deep yeah, ball. Hit him in the hands. Would have been a really hard catch, but that was a hell of a, a throw there. So, they look, really, both of them have got big arms. I can't believe how bad Sims' deep ball was to Hill in the first game against Minnesota, considering how some of the video we've seen of him at Georgia he Tech can, throwing the ball. He's definitely like, capable he can wing of that it. throw. That is, that yeah. is, I don't know what the problem was on that pass, but that is well within his toolbox to make that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question here, Big Red Junkies. Uh, do you guys make anything of the Ron Brown wisdom shared with Rule about him needing to practice jumping on a ball? Uh, so, like, with the fumbling. I mean, I, I you know, I know they say you, you play how you practice. I guess we probably haven't done a lot of practicing fumbled snaps out of the shotgun. The it, That's a tough one. Just don't fumble the, the snap out of the shotgun. I mean, if you do a fumble anywhere, you got to jump on whoever yeah. you are. To, to me, that was uh, I'm protecting my guy with a story because, again, he's not new at starting quarterback. He knows what a fumble is. He knows what a possession is. I don't care if you practice it. Like, that's the dumb – okay, I'm not going to go that hard in the paint, but no. I will say 
I love Ron Brown on the sideline, just like every other game he's been in the last century of, of Husker football. Why there's not a statue of Ron Brown? When he dies, there needs to be a statue of him on the sideline. That's probably not legal. But, like, he he's just with his arms crossed and sunglasses chewing gum. You know what I mean? Like, that is – Ron Brown is a – an icon of the Nebraska sidelines. So I don't doubt that Ron said that and that's, and he mm. had good intentions to it. It's more that, um, you know, I, I guess we'll give it a shot see what it is. I don't know that that's a fair, I don't know if that's a fair excuse for him uh, not reacting to the football the way he, yeah, he was. They said that they were telling him to get out of the way of the fumbles, which in practice, think yeah. of what that tells you for a second. In practice, it means they're having fumbles if they're telling Uh-oh. him to get out of the way in practice. Uh-oh. So, so right there, that's already, that's an issue. We're having fumbles in practice. Yeah, that's um, not good. And, and this is where you go to the second half of the Colorado game, and they start going under center more. And that's a you have to almost schematically, if you can't shotgun the ball to a guy, that it's a different kind of shotgun issue than uh, a couple of years ago with Cam Jurgens when he was young. But at the end of the day, if you can't get the ball from the center to the quarterback and the shotgun, then you've got to do something different. And I mean, I I, I don't even want to spend too much time talking about shotgun snaps because we're a D1 FBS college football team and, and that shouldn't be an issue. But I I don't just guard what you're saying, your big big red junkies. I mean I think it's a it's a legit question and it's a legit issue they were having, but they just need to not be having that anymore. And so it was good to go through a full game. Harbor, zero issues with any of the snaps, zero issue with the catches. Hopefully that's not something that we have to deal with the rest of the year. Yeah. But go back to this youth movement thing. It it isn't just the running backs. Oh, yeah, no Emmett. way. It's not just Emmett Johnson and getting Quentin Ives out there, which I'm, I'm excited to see. It's not just Harburg going out there. And it was cool, by the way, to get Harburg out there. A week ago, nobody knew what he could do. Nobody was real confident with Harburg. And then he gets out there, he gets a chance, and, and look what he does. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we shouldn't jump off the cliff yet here at running back because we haven't had a chance to see Emmett Johnson. What if he goes out and runs for 200 yards this weekend? You know, What if Ives comes out and has this huge game? Um there's opportunities now, and these guys are D1 athletes, and they prepare all offseason so that they can have an opportunity like this. But that sack that they had on Harburg, and he fumbles it you know, within the five-yard line, mm-hmm. right away on the field, Dan Popple's out there on the D-line, and he's yeah. helping setting the edge along with Micah Bear. And we, we went through I think a it's Mackay. Is it Mackay? Mackay so Bear. We, the, the hardest name to know, and I don't know why it's so hard. It's hard for me too, though, dude. The, I, the, it's so hard for me not to say Gabor. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, well, I think it must be related to Jaja. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joel Lang says lots, lots of young guys playing on defense, and there are. Uh, yeah. We went through a whole video thing on on Twitter on Saturday night, late Saturday night. So you can go through our Twitter feed, and and it was about 10, 15 plays. We went through slow motion, kind of broke down some plays. But one of the, the themes, especially on defense, the number of players and in meaningful snaps, like I said, right away after that fumble and you're down at the end zone, like this is where you need to have your, you know, normally you're going to have the best of the best players and they've got Randy Van or they got Riley Van Poppel, true freshman out there on the mm-hmm. D line. And he's, he's setting an edge and he's filling and, and there's no place for the running back to go. Uh, Micah McKay. What'd you say? Mackay. Mackay. M- like Mackay Pfeiffer. Like okay, Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Bear. Mackay Bear. He really set the edge, and that dude, actually, he's now a starter, and lists as a starter. Yeah, crazy. Uh, doing outstanding. The ne- the next possession, uh, so at the th- this time, I think the game was 7-3. to three. We were in a third and three on defense, and our D-line was Jamari Butler, Raquan Buckley, and Princewell. Yeah, Those dude. three. I mean, it was just crazy. They were just throwing complete different 
you know, combinations of guys, but so many of them earn their first and second mm-hmm. year. So when we get back to this idea and what we called the show tonight, this youth movement, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I can't even begin to tell you where that next guy might come from because they just, all of a sudden they just produce him out of, out of nowhere. It's like, oh, here's some freshmen we weren't expecting and, and he's playing meaningful minutes. Well, in, in some of those guys, I felt like had been on the team for a while and yet because of circumstances, they still have a, a fair amount of eligibility, but uh, Bear's one of them. Uh, Raquan Buckley, like that, it's nice to see him get out there. Judy's playing mm-hmm. right now. I mean, there's youth, but there's also just, okay, the guys we brought in to help are helping. Like we're getting them out there and do it like not to bash on, geez, I can't even remember his name now. Who was the, who was the hit man we hired or we got last year from the big 12 to be our sack leader. Um, oh, Oshawn Mathis. Oshawn Mathis. Like, kept waiting for him to like really produce and do stuff like that. Man, Bears coming out there just destroying folks. And you saw MJ Sherman make plays. I yes. saw Chief. I saw Chief Borders make some plays. I saw Tamon Lynham out there making plays. Uh, Dwight Boodles out there making plays. Now Boodle uh, Boodles one of the guys that had the season-ending injury that they announced today. So which will just yeah. open up somebody else. Yeah, you know. And let's not forget, Matt. Marcus Buford isn't even playing this year. Hasn't I mean, played, he, yeah. That's crazy. Like, he was one of those guys we were definitely countering on. And then Singleton steps up. It's it, And the other thing, too, is they're, 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 it's not that they're just producing well. They're all playing within the system very well. They all seem to communicate and understand this defense really, really well. Um, what a credit to this coaches have. Even when we were playing hyperspeed Colorado, we were still rotating guys in and out, which takes some discipline to do when you've got a team that wants to run tempo. You've got to be on point watching them subs so you can get your subs in right away, knowing down and distance and things like that to, to get your subs out there. That was happening at a high level. Meanwhile, on offense, the first damn play of the game on offense, we have to call a timeout. Like, that's... Sorry, I didn't mean to digress like that, but no, <laughs> it just reminded no. me when I said it. I'm like, that was so irritating. Well, the, the the youth movement that we talked about, we're seeing young guys get out there, but I'm also seeing some development. And you and I have talked about this in the past, Matt. When there's somebody that has been playing for three or four years, a lot of times it's hard to really get by that point that they are who they are. You know, we, uh, we've yeah. said that with. Honestly, we've said that with Sims a little bit, right? He's he is what he is. It's how my about fear. Someone, yeah. Well, how about someone like this, Patrick McGuire? Polar Bear was dominating. Polar Bear no been in this program for four years. Yeah. No. And we haven't. In fact, a year ago, Matt, I was at your house watching the Wisconsin game, and it's Polar Bear who's lined up on the nose tackle when they uh, when it was a quarterback sneak right at the end zone, and they pushed Polar Bear back five five yeah. yards, and Wisconsin scores a touchdown, and they get the last. Yep. They get the lead there. And I remember us talking about it at the time, and it was a Rob Zaska quote when he was on our show that he said, low man wins. And it was the whole point of, no, you know that Polar Bear didn't get knocked off the ball because he wasn't stronger than right. He's stronger than anybody, right? Yeah. He's, he's a beast out there. But maybe it, maybe it was the bend. Maybe it's how they were you know training these guys. This offseason, for someone like Polar Bear, he is in such better shape. You can see it in his conditioning that he's playing four, five, six plays in a row. He is low. He he doesn't yeah. get blown off the ball. Look on the other side of the offensive line, Ben Hart. That that dude's playing the best I've seen him play. Yeah, and and he looks different. He physically looks different. Yeah. So there is a there's a real development of not just the young guys, but some of these guys that have been in the program for multiple years. We're seeing the best that they've looked now uh, for a couple of weeks. Well, and I, I saw some I saw some in the chat here talking about. MVP or MIP player of the year for Hutchmacher. 
that to me, from a, from the guy who played last year to this year, he's had the best improvement. And and right now is playing. I would say. I would say he is the the MVP of the defense right now. I mean, he's I, been he's been such would, an anchor for him. I would too. And we've talked about this for years now. When we switch to a three man front. That nose tackle yep. is the difference. You need to, if you don't have strong nose play, what's the best we've played? What's the best defense we've had since we switched to a three-man front in 2017, uh, the year that uh, Diaco got here? It was 2021, and it was when Damian Daniels was nose tackle. Oh, yeah, and yeah, for sure. Damian Daniels was, it was his last year here. He was in the best shape that he'd been yep. in. He could play five, six, seven plays in a row without having to come off. And when you can dominate the middle of the field, I mean, it just it pushes everything outside from there. I've seen so many different defensive alignments here. Uh, just yeah. today, the the uh, the uh, the starting lineups they they have the depth chart, and it changed uh, the backup for Ty Robinson is now Jabari Butler. They moved him from a jack to a Sweet. DN. So he's like two hundred and forty pounds, backing up a three hundred and ten pound guy in Ty Robinson. Point is. Same position, completely different body type, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to have to have different groupings of players depending on who we play. There are times against Colorado we did not have a guy over 260 pounds on the defense. Anyway, and crazy. Colorado, Colorado being Colorado, they couldn't do, they couldn't run against it, and they didn't even try to run against it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so that's that's Colorado. Now, when you go and you play Michigan, if we don't have a guy over 260 on the line, we're going to get you know blown all over the place. So. You've got to be able to have different types of alignments. But my goodness, when we need to get a pass rushing situation in there, we seem to have guys that can do it. When we need to defend the run, right now we're third in the country against the run. Three straight games. Mm -hmm. Minnesota, Colorado, now Northern Illinois. It mm -hmm. starts to become a trend. Yep. And we're averaging, I think it's like 46 yards a game on defense that we're giving up against the run. That's it's amazing. Nuts. It's nuts that we're not actually higher with that stat. Like, who's yeah. playing better on the run defense than us? Must be, but you know, and the other thing about the the defense that's kind of coming on, I, I really believe they're going to start getting more turnovers. I really do. Rule said it best today. The way we're hitting people, that ball needs to be coming out more. And I think that's 100% true. But, uh, um, oh, shoot. Oh, Blaze. Blaze Gunderson. Like, we're starting to defeat blocks on pass rush and not just scheme it, you know, and not just, you know, we're getting close, I should say. We haven't had a ton of those. But because uh, the one, I think – Oh, I can't remember who got the sack now, but the sack came from the left. But but uh, Blaze was almost there. Jabari Butler, probably. Yeah, it was Butler yeah. one. Yeah, but you see him start. You start seeing Bear can Bear can destroy a block. Bear's getting back there. Yeah. He's he's defeating blocks. So you're seeing more of that happen, and um, that's fantastic because that's what you're going to need. Rule said we need more pressure with the four man front. That's how you do it. You know, you got to you got to defeat blocks. You got to get up there and. And make them uncomfortable. So, it's, mm -hmm. the defense is the defense has been uh, very reliable, very just a just a lovely turn of events. Like yeah. I wouldn't have predicted this. Well, you shouldn't have. I mean, as Mark uh, Flothy here says, it's a huge difference because in 2022, Nebraska had the 109th ranked defense against the run. Now we're third. That's a huge difference, right? That's uh, incredible. The defense is tackling a lot harder this year. They absolutely are. You can tell that was an emphasis in practice. You know, Fongway Reldman says, I think D and everything else is irrelevant until the unforced turnover thingy gets sorted, sorted out for good. I don't disagree, for sure. but it's not, I don't think the defense is irrelevant in the sense that 
they're they're the thing that's going to keep us in games despite the turnover margin difference there. I yeah, mean, we just it, saw we just saw what happened. I know it's Northern Illinois. I know it's a home game, but we saw what happened when we don't have a negative turnover margin. We won thirty-five yeah. to three. You know, it's still and, probably and, a good idea to play good defense too. You know, I don't. Mm. I wouldn't call it irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Big Red Junkies, how many days until Tony White interviews with MSU? I now that's an interesting one there because MSU today formally kind of announced that they're firing uh, uh, Tucker. Oh, really? And, Until today? Wow. Yeah, gonna... I'm sure there were HR things, and they want to make sure everything was was done right so that they can handle the – they want to get out of that contract, and they don't want to – Oh, any... no kidding. He had a monster, didn't he? Monster contract, right? Um, look, Tony White's name is going to come up for a lot of positions. Uh, he makes a million dollars a year right now as our defensive coordinator, and uh, after this season, he has earned – a million. You know, Does he really? I didn't realize it yeah. was that high. Well, Good Satterfield's, Satterfield's 1.4. Talk and, about money well spent on that side of the ball. Damn. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm just I'm hoping to see a couple of years from Tony White. That's what I wanted all along, at least, was a couple yeah. of years out of him and be able to to really train the defensive coaches that we have. Because what we're doing, I want to see this continue. I mean, this style is real aggressive and oh, I love it. And it's so much fun to watch. I mean, I, sure. I'm an offensive guy, but I, I love it when the black shirts are going out there on the field right now because I feel like we have a legitimate chance against anyone. I'm extremely excited. I mean, one game at a time, let's beat Louisiana Tech, but I'm excited to see Michigan come in here and try to do something different against us. Yeah, And, and you know that run, that run defense, how good is it against a Michigan? That will be the next big test. Well, let's find out. But, uh, but up to this point, they've done a great job, you know, and I, I and they just keep improving. I love seeing that out of this out of this defense each week. Well, you mentioned something by going to the game uh, this last week. Um, I asked you a little bit about just the vibe of the crowd, and you said a couple things. But one thing you did say was that the crowd loves the defense. Yeah, and when the like the crowd is on board and watching when we play defense, they're excited to see the black shirts out there. That hasn't been the case since like '09. Like that, you were like, "Oh, great, we get to play defense now." You know, like, like that's kind of how I'm starting to feel on this team. And it's like so many guys. It's almost like who's good? Who's it going to be? Who's going to make the play this time? I, you don't even know. It's not like a a, a Sue where you're just kind of watching him. You're sort of picking your spots here on this defense on who to watch. Um, the other thing you mentioned about the crowd, and I thought this was, I liked it. You just said, um, "Did you say they were being smart?" I, I just thought they were being smart out there. I mean, like, yeah. From from when to be quiet, when to be loud. I mean, it's typical Memorial Stadium stuff, but you know, I think Husker fans understand where we're at right now, and they understand starting a freshman or starting a a, a quarterback in his first game. Uh, he's a sophomore, but his first game is being started there. I mean, the 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 fans were were supportive. They're behind what's going on. They they showed up two hours and 15 minutes early to welcome the team off the bus. See, you didn't know it was an 0-2 team coming in there. Yep. Um, we <clears throat> Really, they, this fan base treated this game like the first game of this coaching staff, and they wanted to welcome these guys home and, and get this thing going. Well, that's um, good. But one win does a lot. I mean, we feel a lot better right now. Even though we've had injuries and, and stuff, we feel a lot better. We need to stack those wins, right? We need to stack yeah. good days in a row. This is another week where we should win this game. We should beat Louisiana Tech, and we should get to two and two, and have some momentum coming. As Michigan now announced that it's going to be a two thirty afternoon game, uh, Michigan's going to come here. And you know, look, I, I I've said it all off season. It's the race to six to me. It's get to six wins, get to a bowl game, 
get there as quick as you can. If it takes to the last week, it takes to the last week. But if we can get there earlier, do it. I also don't put a ceiling on this team. I'm not going to be the guy that sits there and say, well, we can win nine of the last 10 or eight of the last nine games. You know, we can't beat Michigan. Not, impossible. Bullshit. I mean, I, I, I've seen a three and six Mike Riley team go into Memorial Stadium and, and beat an undefeated Michigan State team. Yeah. You know, and, and I know <laughs> I, I know I like what I'm seeing better right now than than then. So I know that we can do it, but it's gonna take a it's gonna take a clean game. We can't have the turnovers like everyone in the, the chat right now is talking about. You can't have the turnovers to do it. And we're gonna have to play big boy defense. You know, it's unfortunate that we've had some injuries. I, I, I hate seeing uh, Irvin go down. I hate seeing uh, Ramirez more for them than anything. For but sure. at the end of the day, someone else has to step up. I mean, yeah. Michigan last year lost, you know, Corum, and mm-hmm. you know he was a great running back. That that really affected their offense. When you lose great runners, it does affect you. But someone else has to step up, and that's what I love about seeing what Harburg did on offense. It's what I love seeing about what Tony White's done with his defense, where young guys just are filling into roles left and right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think there's some spots still where we can see more of that. I want to see a receiver to a young guy, Malachi. I'm just, yes. oh, I'm just not just because I'm rooting for the kids so much, but. I really want to see one of those young receivers, you know, fill into a role, but we're going to have to get creative when, when guys start getting hurt, this is where someone mentioned earlier, fullbacks are going to need a carrier too. I 100% agree. Sims could be a guy that could get a carrier too. Absolutely. Look where Kemp was lined up on that first touchdown of the game. Kemp that the pass to Kemp, he's out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. He was lined up in the backfield, like Mm -hmm. a running back, kind of like a Wandell. And then he, Mm -hmm. he came out across and that's, that's we're gonna need to get creative, find ways to get other guys. We should have ran him up the middle, like with Wandell. That would have worked great. <laughs> have him block like the 300 pound yeah, guy. Yeah. Dude, by the way, yeah. though, have you watched that little guy block? He's tenacious. Our wide receivers are blocking great. That's one of the things about the offense that kind of gets missed because we haven't, you know, put up dominant numbers. But the guy, the guys are out there blocking, they're playing just as physical. It's just a matter of starting to crease some of these, and it's a matter of holding on to the ball. So I, <clears throat> there's reasons to be excited. You know, to, to, to beat Louisiana Tech, we just we need to not beat ourselves. That's that's for sure true. To beat Michigan, we're gonna have to not beat ourselves, and then special teams is gonna have to take one, and then the defense is gonna have to get a couple yep. turnovers. Like that, and that's fair. I'm like, they're they're a they're a playoff caliber team. We are not. But we are not so bad that they could uh, – okay, let me say it like this. If we're playing well, I don't think we're a team you should be able to give the ball up to three times and, you know, a touchdown return on a kickoff or a punt and, and still just walk away with the game. I think especially the way we play defense. Now, mm-hmm. I don't, we'll see what Michigan's offense is like, but we already know the best offense in the country is Colorado's. <laughs> and, and, and until we gave him the ball so many f- times for free, we were doing okay with those boys. So, yeah, yeah. Patrick says, way, block, hey, <laughs> blocking receivers, Ron Brown influence. Um, Brewmaster Bill here says, Wonder if Rule will incorporate a receiver in the run game similar to Debo Samuel. Again, I think that's a he already has a little, yeah. Bit. I mean, I mean he definitely Tommy, has. Hill, Tommy Hill on the, on the reverse, and you know that Kemp can be a part of that. Now, the question, there was one about Kemp uh, not getting open here. Uh, yeah, what do you think about Kemp not getting open frequently? I mean, he is not going to be the – he's not the burner guy, number one. He is going to be a possession receiver and find his way into into zones. We don't really have that guy right I gotta now. I got to tell you, too, I have a hard time judging that. Just off the TV film, it's so hard to see uh, mm-hmm. what the receivers are doing downfield. I, I, if, if somebody – who's writing that? I, you got to help Big me. Red Donkeys. 
Pretty Bigger junkies, junkies if you got some sort of film where it's like all 22 and you could send it my way i'd love that because it I, it is hard for me to assess like what the wide receivers are getting as far as separation goes i know i hear it a lot i just haven't been able to see it well it's probably see, true but. being in the stands there i guess that to say that what we saw last weekend this offense can get receivers open it's running the football and then the play action and i showed that uh Again, if you go back to our Twitter feed, and we had about 10 plays in a row that we broke down, one of them was the pass across the middle to uh, Washington on the first drive. Wide open in the middle of the zone. It was all yeah. off of play action. You watch yeah. three linebackers come all the way up, and then yeah. you know, they plant their foot and turn around. It's, it's, it's too late. That's how we're, we got to get guys open yeah. through that. On the first play of the game, we lined up under center in I formation. Immediately, I turned to my cousin, who I'm sitting with, because it was an I formation, three wide receivers, no tight end. And immediately I told him, I go, this is an option set. And we ran option. I was yeah. shocked as anyone, but I was like, mm -hmm. it's a good option set. But we ran option right away out of it. Yep. And a block that Kemp gave, that the physicality yeah. on the outside, that lasted all the way through that possession. They were blocking mm -hmm. on the outside, and then all of a sudden we do a play action. We hit Washington across the middle. And then the touchdown pass to him, uh, Bullocks is the one downfield blocking for Kemp. Yeah. Uh Bodoni is downfield. Technically, almost probably could have been a uh, like an illegal pick because um, mm -hmm. I think Kemp on that touchdown pass. Kemp well, probably should be in behind the, the line of scrimmage, though. Isn't no, that he was about three yards past. So, it, which well, is I think he needed to be in the in the. It's a he needed area, to be yeah. behind the line. Of so, point is, we we took it. We'll take it. It's a hey. Touchdown. <laughs> Not complaining. That, um, we're we're a damn sight far away from me feeling bad about you know, like penalties going our way. We're about 40 in the hole before I start feeling bad about that. Now, R.L. Schaefer here, uh, the biggest thing is our O-line getting their asses kicked every week. The defense will wear down fast. Also, the offense giving the ball away. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see that last week. The, the offense wasn't giving the ball away. The defense didn't wear down a week ago. The and the O-line, you know, for all the talk of how bad the O-line is, we're averaging over 200 yards rushing a game right now. Yeah. Now, I also, we, <laughs> depending on who the person is, I can tell you there's a guy sitting about four rows behind me in the stadium that does not like Corcoran. And there was a play where we ran a <laughs> counter. We ran a counter, and the guy that's lined up right outside of Corcoran on the left side makes the tackle, and he's just screaming at Corcoran. And, I'm, and I have to turn around and go, dude, that wasn't even his dude. That's not Did his guy. Did you say that? Did yeah, you say it? That's not Good his guy. Look, it's a counter, and we missed him with the pole. You know, so sometimes it's it's not just as easy as it's the guy right there. In fact, um, oh, the PFF rating on uh, – Corcoran this week for his pass blocking was like an 80. It was the best he's ever had. So there's, there is improvement. I've being always made liked there. PFF. Well, <laughs> you down with PFF? Well, I'm I'll down tell with you, it when we're winning. I like Prohaska getting back out there on the field yeah. this week. They, they, yep. they slowly moved him onto the field and he basically was playing the same role he was as a freshman, uh, like at Oklahoma that year. Uh, when he came on the field as a sixth offensive lineman or as a tight end. He was actually wearing like number 45 at the time. But as a sixth lineman, we got big in that second half. We got big with Prohaska out there on top of our five offensive linemen. Yep. Liebentritt, number 44, <clears throat> the big fullback, he was out there. We had a tight end out there. Yep. And you start doing the numbers, and you're like, "There's." we said this before the season, Matt. If you get into a bunch of 21 and 12 personnel or even 22 personnel, for all the talk of how, what our receiver depth looks like, you can only put one receiver on the field at that time. Yep. And so in those positions, we were only putting one receiver on the field when you have 
an unbalanced set of offense linemen, six O linemen, a, a tight end, a fullback. Uh, you know, we got big, and that was really uh, pleasant to see in that fourth quarter and third, third and fourth quarter when we it was just let's get the clock run out and let's just beat these yep. guys up. Well, all you heard about Northern Illinois as far as like what was what they brought to the to the game was a seventh year quarterback but a really good and disruptive defensive line. And when mm-hmm. push came to shove and we needed we needed sh- like sneaks and short yardage, we blew them back. There was there's no question we blew them back. And I don't care how heavy of a set we got in. We didn't do that regardless of what set we got in a couple years ago. So it's like I agree. I don't remember who posted it. I, I agree with the progress has been slow, but there's been progress each week. Absolutely. And, and yeah, we'll, Anthony- Anthony Moore here. He likes the pancake block that uh, Ethan Piper had. Mark Fluffy says uh, the offense line's improving slowly, but surely they started yeah, dominating the line in the yeah. fourth quarter. And then yep. Big Red Junkies here. Corcoran's a guard. They need to get, get him back inside. And I completely oh, agree Oh, I thought you said Corcoran was a G. Like, a, like an OG. <laughs> that's so <laughs> no, he, stupid. Of course he, that's what he meant. That's funny. And, and that's what we talked about last week when we did our match rule. Uh, you know, I think I said at that time, Corcoran, you know, he just – there's times he looks out of place out there at tackle. I won't lie. And moving him into a guard, getting Brahaska out there, if, if he can be healthy to go a full game, man, yeah. I just think that's going to make a huge difference there. For they sure. played Lutovsky a lot, Nuelli. I mean, all of a sudden you're seeing, name a part of the, the team right now. Name a position where you don't see the development when uh, when Rule says this is a developmental program, what's a position where we haven't been developing players and getting new guys out there? It, it seems to be happening. Wide everywhere. receiver. Wide receiver. You know that's one. that's probably that's probably fair right now. And the argument could be made that uh, Alex Bullock is a is a great example of nobody yeah. was counting on him for anything, and all of a sudden he's our leading receiver. That's but, probably fair, but but once the season started, you're right. It's like I keep expecting. I, I want to see Malachi. I want to see. One yep. of those young guys, Lloyd, and I know they're trying to get him on the field little by little, but uh, well, and it yeah, just feels like we not, need some of them. Season's not over, you know. Like I, I don't say that to bash Garrett McGuire by any means, <clears throat> yeah. but but it when you started asking the question, it almost immediately came to my mind. I'm like, uh, running man. Oh yeah, wide receiver. Mm. Wide receiver is definitely hasn't produced anybody yet, and even some of the guys that you thought were going to be a little bit better, like Fleeks, he's hardly played at all. Um, <clears throat> so. That needs to come along. Also, some of that's not a great passing game for two of the games. And like it's just hard to say, even with the offensive line, they weren't necessarily fumbling the ball. And they weren't necessarily throwing the picks. Now you could argue that mm-hmm. because of the pressure, that's why the picks are thrown. I don't think that's true in every circumstance, but I know it is true a couple times. Um with with the offense, it's as simple as hold on to the goddamn ball. Just hold on to the ball. You know, and, 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 and punt. Like I didn't. People were kind of upset that the offense sort of stalled in the middle of the game. But to me, every time we got to a punt, if I was like, if I was maybe the play calling they didn't love, but I saw, I saw kind of what they were doing. I'm like, all right, well, flip the field, flip the field, let the defense eat, flip the field, let the defense eat, and me, and just keep changing field position, mm-hmm. and 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 then listen. There were ways to play that game this week that we could have lost for sure. Like there, there, sure. were, there were definitely ways we could have lost that game, and we didn't make any of the mistakes that we have been plagued with, except for one. But even then, the defense came out and held them to three, yeah. you know, so that we got away with that one. It was like, <clears throat> and again, 
opponents are relevant. I, I truly mean that because the I was looking more at mistakes in how we were handling ourselves than than the opponent. Um, that was a very satisfying game for me to watch. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's right here, Bill Lumen again, uh, Brewmaster Bill, because the Northern Illinois D line was strong. But early on, they were putting 8-9 in the box from what they could see from the 600 level. And that was a strength area of the um, of the the team for Northern Illinois. That's one of the better defensive lines. That could be top half, certainly top half, maybe a top uh, third uh, D-line that we're going to see all season. Is that right? what we just saw this, this week. So, uh, you know, we were referencing the offensive line. They did play, you know, against a very formidable opponent there in that regard. Um Maybe as we transition here to the very end, and thank you so much, everyone that's been following along. Yeah, this great is awesome. participation tonight. It's been fun. This is where I, I used to say, uh, you know, come watch us. Come, you know, I tweet out, watch us on, on our YouTube channel. And I'm trying to change that to just say, like, join us. Join the conversation. Uh, join be part of it. Us. And and really do appreciate it. Let's end <clears throat> maybe on a little bit different kind of conversation here, Mac. Right. And uh, Big Red Junkies are going to help us out here. By the way, Big Red Junkies, Nebraska Football Podcast. Give them a follow. Watch them. Listen to them as well. Um, in today's NIL transfer world, do you think redshirting a guy like uh, Malachi uh, MC? I'm guessing we're saying Malachi Coleman is a mistake. Um, as of right now, I don't know that we're redshirting him because he has been. So Big Red Junkies, unless I'm mistaking MC for someone else, if it's Malachi Coleman, I don't think he's redshirting. He played again this weekend. He just We're just not seeing um, – he just hasn't played a lot, but I mean, he's snap wise, he's played in all three games. So I don't think that there's going to be any way that he doesn't retro, but I think it's a good question yeah, about good like question. In, in today's NIL and transfer portal world, you know, do you retro, how do you retro people or what do you do after this season is done? Now that we go into year two of, uh, of coach rule, we want to be a developmental program. How do we use NIL and transfer world going into year two? He brought in a lot of guys last year in the portal, and I don't think that he's going to bring that many guys every single year in. I think that was kind of a, a first year thing. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, is in terms of I, I I agree with you. I don't think <clears throat> I really don't think the plan is to redshirt Malachi. I think the I think the hope is that he gets ready to play and then we can use him. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and but to the question in general, like should you redshirt like a a top four star kind of top one hundred talent? Uh, probably not. You know, probably not, but we're a developmental program, so I don't know. But then again, if you're a developmental program and you're pulling in high four stars, what do you, what do, you do? Um, I it depends on the position, of course, but the skill position guys, yeah, I, I, I would probably lean on playing them. And, and if they're willing to put the work in and let their play time increase as the years go by, as the year goes by, I think that'll be fine. It's, it's the rule seems like a pretty straight shooter on the recruiting front, and it seems like the messaging to the team is clear. You get what you work for, and um, we'll we'll teach you all the way along. The, you know, we'll help you all all along the way to improve. So. Um, I think the wide receiver group was young in some spots, maybe younger than some other positions. So maybe that's why we haven't seen the, uh, the ramp up of the youth, but uh, I don't know that that's, that's an area to look at. And, and as the offense improves, I think that will probably come along naturally. Hmm. Any predictions? If we'll hear booze, if Sim starts, I sure as heck hope not. I've said it. I've said it before. Ooh. That's certainly not the way I fan. I'm not a, I'm not a boo guy, but what I'd like to see is that when I said that the stadium was a smart stadium last week, uh, these guys need the support right now. They don't need the booze. They need support. 
And I have no doubt that if Sims goes out there and he makes a bunch of mistakes and fumbles the ball around, you're going to hear boo birds at that point, and and rightfully so, really. Um, but it, what I like is that we feel like we have a position now at that spot where if somebody is making mistakes, that you yes. can pull and put someone else in, or someone else can just go in and start right now. But the thing with, that we started this conversation off with Sims and started talking also with the running backs being injured is that we need we need skill players out there. We need talent. Yes. And Sims, if nothing else, if nothing else, if that guy runs the football, if he's a running back on some plays, you know, it doesn't have to be his every down play. Heinrich Harburg started this season off on the field as a wide receiver and just was a quarterback for yes. the last game. So we can find ways, get creative. Put Kemp in the backfield. Get the ball to the fullbacks. Yes. Play different running backs there. You know they did a reverse <clears throat> to uh, to uh, uh, Hill, who's a Tommy, he's yes. the back for Cripe's sakes. You know, and yeah. he's he's been out there on on some pass plays. So find ways, get creative, and find ways to get different guys on the field. And that's what the staff has. They've gotten an A plus in my book and trying to do that. Yeah. Trying to find every possibility. Um, in a year or two, they'll probably have a different. They'll have better depth where they can handle of uh, injury here or there maybe a little bit better but right now i think they're just they're emptying the well of like who else can we put in there how can we find ways yeah. for, for guys to play one of the saddest things that that i heard last week was pregame it's sad now because he's injured it was ramir johnson they were talking to him on the radio before the game there's a little radio piece and he talked about how at over the offseason he went to tony white and said hey I'll, I'll play defense i'll do special teams i'll do anything i can to help this team out that's how much i want to play and that's how much i want to be a part of making this team God. great and that's the, that's the mentality is that right now the second that a running back goes down i almost want a john bullock or somebody you know some linebacker to go here can i can i get a, a run put me yes. at running back you know like what can i do to help i want that's the expectation i'm almost getting goosebumps thinking about that but that's these players these are athletes and mm -hmm. I feel for every one of them that gets hurt, but in the locker room, you know Emmett Johnson right now. You know Quentin Ives. You know these guys that uh, you know when Trevin Lubin, for Christ's sakes, you, anyone that watched him play at Wahoo, you know those guys aren't. They're immediately thinking, okay, what can I do now? It's my mm -hmm. chance. I've got to step up. Heinrich Harburg last week, the second that Sims went down with the ankle injury, Harburg's like, "Yep, sign me up. Yep. I'm ready. Let's go." Yep. And that's that's the mentality these guys have to have. They do have. I, I'm convinced they have it. And I think we're going to be a much better team because of that as the season goes along. There's so many guys that have gotten meaningful snaps. The experience level, the development level, I think we're going to be a real bitch of a team mm -hmm. to deal with by the time we are going and playing against the Iowa. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a completely a, different team. Well, won't that be wonderful, too? Won't it be just amazing to see us grow as a team as the year goes by? That's fun to think about even. Um, <clears throat> to answer directly to that question, do I think there'll be some booze if he starts? There'll be a there'll be a smattering for sure. I don't doubt that. It you know, there's there's always gonna be some assholes. Right. But there'll there'll be some assholes in there. However, um I think I think most fans will probably kind of think like I just feel like when we talk to you know the people in the chat. We're pretty much on the same page on this. It's like, look, we want him to play well. We hope he does play well. But we know if yep. he gets – like, they're going to boo if he throws a pick. I'm going to yeah. boo if he throws a pick. I bet everyone in the chat's going to throw a boo if he throws a pick or has a stupid fumble. I mean, I'm not going to watch idiotic football and go, yeah, well, hey, they're trying so hard out there, boys. You know, it's like they're wearing red. No. Mm. Be better. So that's fair. Um, but 
<clears throat> that's ultimately it's up to Jeff, isn't it? Kinda. I mean, isn't it the end of the day? And <clears throat> I hope he does. I hope he rises to the occasion like nobody else. I'm rooting for Jeff Sims. If he comes out there and he's lights out, how good a news is that, folks? Absolutely. And what Brewmaster Bill says here, Harburg said that Sims was encouraging him every time he came off the field. Yeah. I again, when when we start talking about booing, we can all be unhappy with guy making bad plays here or there, but. For Christ's sakes, the teammate that he is, I where I sit, we are right above where the new tunnel walk is. So the players come in and out right in front of us. And I watch those guys come off the field uh, victorious, you know, <laughs> just a few feet away from him. And it was great to see that. But I, I watched Sims walk off the field. And he walked off with his head held high. And I'm like, think about this kid. He, you know, he's new to Nebraska. He's been here since January. He he transferred here to, to be the star quarterback. And he's made mistakes. I mean, th there's no sugarcoating it. Through two games, he had six turnovers, yep. and and the in but he was injured. The injury ultimately is what got Harburg the start, but his play probably warranted a, a change as well. But there he is walking off the field, he head held high, and I'm like, what's going through his head right now? But yep. there he is working with Harburg all game, being yep. helpful, being a good teammate. How do you? I, I can't boo that. I mean, that's a good. That's a good kid out there who was struggling yeah. on the road against two P five teams. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just, I don't, I don't want him to come home and have to feel like he's on the road. Let's have him come home and let's be the best fans that we can. Let's, let's make the game harder on the opponents, not our own team. Uh -huh. I think that's the role. Yes. That's the role of every one of those 86,000 yes. people is yes. to make the game harder on the opponents, not our team. And so, yeah. And I don't doubt, I don't doubt as a fan. That's my, I guess that's my expectation. For sure, and I I don't doubt our fans are going to do that. I, I I think they'll they they want the team to win mostly is what is what they want to have happen, and they're not out to hurt anybody's feelings necessarily. Um, the story's not over with Sims yet, and we're going to see him again. So you know it'll it'll all play out on the field, and that's that's great, and that's fine. Uh, there's plenty of reasons to 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 think he could get better, and there's there's also some concerns just based on yeah. what's been talked at ad nauseum. But uh, as a fan myself, it's like whoever you trot out there, coach, uh, I'm rooting for like a, like a maniac. Like I don't have a dog. Like I, when I was younger, I felt like I'd have a dog in the fight. Like, man, if it ain't LP, like I don't even want to talk about it. Or like, <laughs> if, you know, just it was like Tommy or Brooke, you know, like I really had, I was like, I was a Tommy guy. It better be Tom. Like now it's like who, who, who practiced the best this week? You know, and yeah. I feel like I can trust this coaching staff. If they're saying that Harburg practiced the best, we're not sure about Sims yet. Fine, play him. Fine, I don't care. I don't. I don't care. Start who I. I feel like there's no reason the staff doesn't want to win. You know, so they're going to start the guy. I know everyone thinks that he hitched his wagon to uh, Sims, and I get the thinking on that because he was handpicked and we let Casey Thompson go. And rules maybe has a vested interest in him doing well, so he looks good. I. I mean, I get. I get that tangent of an argument, but. I, do you do that at, a, at the expense of victory? I don't know many coaches like that. Nah. Well, Matt. Not good coaches. <laughs> great conversation. Uh, we always try to keep this to about, and well, I, I think with the match rule, we always say we're going to try to keep it to about 20 to 30 minutes. Which we were going we're, for 20 to 30. We're at an hour, so I'm, I, I'm really pleased with that. <laughs> oh, honestly, I would Kind of let chat drive it. I'm like, there was interaction, so if we keep talking, as soon as everybody dropped off, I'm like, I guess we'll call it a night. But it was going so well, I'm like, well, we'll just keep going. 
Well, Mac, um, yeah, I've already kind of said my piece the other day. Uh, I did my my solo man show on Sunday morning. Uh, so I'm going to just le- let you do the parting shot and then uh, we'll take it out of here. But thank you, everyone that's been following along. You guys are awesome, Redcasters. Appreciate all the support. Um, and also, while I'm at it, uh, if you're watching this afterwards, leave a comment below. Let us know what your thoughts are. Tell us where we're right. Tell us where we're wrong. Uh, we'll continue to uh, uh, you know, take that feedback. We'll try to incorporate that into future shows as well. We really want this to be interactive. So thank well, you. It depends what you're saying we're wrong about. I'm not just well, gonna... you know. <laughs> I mean, if you're just hey, if you boo us and you're you're you know being a jerk, you know we're probably not going to respond to that. But uh, yeah. but outside of that, you know, uh, uh, we'll have some fun with it. So Mac, parting shot, man, you take it away. Hey, um, it's we're going into week four of uh, college football, and I'm still it's it's still there for me. You know, like there's still some thoughts to this team. There's still like some progress to be seen. There's still stuff I want to watch about this team. It's been a little bit on that. I think we all kind of kind of feel like I've had I've had some enjoyable moments watching this football team play, mostly on defense, but I don't care. I'll take it anywhere. I've seen some things on offense I like watching too. Um I feel like if it wasn't for the Dion show, there wouldn't be this bar out there that's probably making it hard to to register how the season's going. But I think it's going okay. And I think there's a chance for us to get a lot better. And I'm really enjoying the, the watching the team grow and develop. It's been a long time for that. So I hope everybody's just kind of getting a kick out of this and, and really enjoying it for what it is. We're week four, folks, and, and the season isn't totally garbage yet. And we've only won one game. But it's like what, what we've seen is like, hey, okay, all right. Slow down the mistakes. Mistakes have slowed down. Play physical. It's happening. Like all, all things I think we all as Husker fans can get behind. It, I'm here for it. Frankly, I'm like, I'm, I'm even after the Colorado game, I was telling, talking to my wife. I'm like, I am just unnecessarily optimistic still. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm more optimistic than I have any right to be. So that's fantastic. We're going to keep cranking these shows out. Matt's going to do a go big red cast tomorrow night and, and, and tune in for that too. But uh, really enjoying this, really enjoying like, I feel like the fans are kind of waking up a little bit. And I, I, I hope this team can keep just sort of poking a stick at the fan base going, no, come on. We're fun to watch. Come on. Talk to us. Like you're going to want to, you're going to want to be here for that. So let's keep it up, man. Absolutely. And as John field says, he goes, a great show as always. And nice to not have malfunctions. Uh, laugh out loud. We actually did we had John. We had, we had a few malfunctions even before this one. We had but, plenty, but uh, anytime you see Mac on his phone here, instead of yeah. uh, being on his uh, laptop, we, we had a malfunction, but you know what? We figured it out. We got better. This week we were better than we were a week ago, Mac. By how many minutes, Matthew? <laughs> by, by an hour. By an hour. We're, okay, we're, getting, we got... we're getting done right now when we started last week. Come on. That's improvement. All right. So okay, Redcasters, man. even okay, old guys man. like us can get better. Uh, these guys are going to keep getting better. So thank you so much for watching. And until next time, just remember that match rule. That's right. Go big rule. Heard at Sports Network Production.